Caitlin, is there something that you do as an adult that your teenage self would probably be disappointed in you for doing? It's more that she'd be disappointed for the things that I'm not doing, like debating atheists. What about you? (laughs) I think my teenage self would be horrified that I show up on Zoom calls like this without any makeup on. I will say that my teenage self would be surprised how my leg shaving routine has gone. I mean, I have one, but I'm generally not ready to go to high-level meetings in pencil skirts. I think my teenage self would also be disappointed in the lack of high-level meetings in skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. Personally, I was hoping for more cocktail parties. Oh, well. From Religion News Service, this is Saved by the City, a podcast from two single Christian women living very normal and sometimes boring adult lives in New York. I'm Caitlin Beatty. And I'm Roxy Stone. One thing little Roxy definitely never, ever, ever thought I'd do is get any kind of cosmetic facial procedures. Oh, yeah. I mean, that seemed so outside the realm of what was available to most women. Like, I'm not sure I knew what cosmetic surgery was. It seemed... Something that real housewives do. It was like a Dallas thing. <laughs> oh, it still is. It is. It still is. <laughs> I was there and boy, those people <laughs> look good all the time. But I think when I was a kid, it seemed like more like a desperate thing, like facelifts. And they often didn't look very good. Right. Like a facelift or a nose job is something that restructures the appearance of your face. Like I don't like my nose and I'm going to get a differently shaped nose. And you could tell when it's not done very well. Right. And I was always worried about that. Like, oh, she's had work done. (laughs) The point is to look like you have not had work done. You don't want people to be looking at your face and thinking, oh, I see what they did. Huh. Interesting choice. But I have to say it's a lot easier to think that when you're a teenage girl with zero wrinkles. Or zero jowls. (sighs) The jowls. (laughs) Oh, man. Yes, I have to admit at my age, these considerations feel more real. Mm -hmm. And uh, now there's Botox. Yes. They they invented that. So did you you go in on the Botox dive? Yeah. (laughs) So a couple of years ago, I did cave. It took me a long time. I fought it for a long time. Which we'll get to. I want to hear why. I think I had enough friends doing it and that started to just feel like, hey, that's not that big of a deal. And one of my friends was like, come with me. And so I did. And it's, you know, it's not something that if I hated it, it goes away after a little while and you don't have to get it again. Um, Where did you decide to target the Botox? Oh, you know, you're pretty, I think it's like the traditional three places and I needed it like deep forehead lines, mm-hmm. some, you know, crow's feet. And then I think I kind of have that perpetual like furrowed brow. So my 11s mm-hmm. are pretty distinct. 11s are the vertical lines in between your eyebrows. Right. Like when you're looking at somebody regularly with like disbelief that they would say that. Yeah. It looks like you have a permanent scowl, which is not the right. most attractive I was feature. hoping to get rid of that. Yeah. Yes. Well, I remember, <laughs> I remember us texting about this Yes. about a year ago because I also got Botox And I felt like I wanted to tell somebody. Uh I don't think I knew that you had gotten it. Oh, really? But I knew that you would understand 
the rationale for getting it. And you, I knew that you were thinking about it. Yeah. I did it and it didn't feel like a big deal, Mm -hmm. both physically. Like, I mean, I think the effects were noticeable, but not like a, something that people would necessarily notice on the street in the way that you would Mm -hmm. notice like a total Mm -hmm. facelift. Right. It doesn't permanently change how you look. It smooths out the wrinkles essentially there are tons of places in New York to get it. So it feels very accessible. It feels very mainstream. Mm-hmm. And I've done it one other time and I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. It didn't feel as big of a deal as I thought it might. I agree. I agree with that. I definitely am at the place where I need to do it again if I'm going to keep it up. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I feel like I kind of have to overcome all those hesitancies again. What are your hesitancies as you think about doing this again? Well, I'm glad you asked. I was actually kind of thinking you could help me wrestle through my conundrums when it comes to Mm. Botox and maybe other facial procedures. This is like free counseling. (laughs) I guess that's what friends are for. Yeah. Or think of yourself as like the angel and the devil on my shoulder. Only I don't, I don't know which one you are. Maybe I'm both. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Conundrum number one. I worry that it's just a slippery slope. Like once you get one thing, you want more and more procedures. Like where do you stop? Where do you draw a line? And why is getting more procedures maybe a bad thing? Like why is it a slippery slope? Is it the yeah. money? Is it is it like, oh, this is going to be this huge investment? Is it I'm going to want to get more invasive things because I'm perpetually unhappy? Am I always going to be trying to fix something with my face? Which breeds on a feeling of like there's always something wrong that has to be fixed. It's like you just jumped ahead to all of my conundrums and rolled them into one. <laughs> well, but I'm just... Yes, 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 yes. To all of those things. Like I'm, I think like, okay, once I'm okay with this and I've said, okay, yeah, I'm going to do Botox and then I'm going to be like, oh, so you could fix my jowls? Yes, mm-hmm. please. And mm-hmm. then in 10 years when I'm like more wrinkly, they'll have something else that they can do. I don't know. I mean, you know, and then I will just like constantly be looking at my face and scrutinize it for the problems and the things that can be fixed. Right. It seems like the availability of these procedures could foster a way of seeing yourself. I mean, literally yourself in the mirror. That is, it depends on you feeling a little bit dissatisfied with elements Mm -hmm. of your body or your skin. And is that really how we want to be looking at ourselves as like a project to be tweaking all the time. Yeah, exactly. What do you think? You've 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 spoken my conundrum back to me, but what do you the, think? As a good therapist does. <laughs> I don't know that a good therapist is supposed to tell you what to think. Um I do think it seems wise to have a boundary going in mm-hmm. and just say like I'm never going to get my neck stapled. Is that a thing they do? I don't even know. <laughs> it's, it sounds bad. I, I like, I'm not going to go past this line, even if mm-hmm. some esthetician says, oh, you know what you could do. <sighs> right. Um, what other conundrums do you have? So you touched on the one and I, I think, I think that there is this concern of like, it will sort of lead to constant self-critique and just constant dissatisfaction instead of just being able to be satisfied and happy with myself and Mm -hmm. how I look. You know, certainly one counter narrative to all of this is that we should all embrace 
the natural effects of aging. Mm-hmm. An aging body is no less beautiful than a youthful body. Um, mm-hmm. I can genuinely say, to my knowledge, my mother, who is maybe listening, you know, she would not consider a facial procedure. Same. And I think she is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mom. Mine too. Um, like, I can look at her and other women in my life and say, I think you're beautiful and your beauty is not diminished because you are middle-aged or older. Mm-hmm. And so then why can't I internalize that back? Exactly. And I and I, I think that that's a real question for me is this, like, if I can see beauty and all these stages of life and I would tell someone that they're beautiful, like, why can't I tell myself that? And why can't I love myself in this stage and in the next one, and in the next one. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also like, I put makeup on. <laughs> I, I do enhance myself on a regular basis. It's like, where do you draw the line in the other direction? Right. Like the less invasive, like, okay, I'm attending a wedding tomorrow and I want to look good for it. And I'm going to wear, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to do my hair and wear makeup and I am going to shave my legs for this wedding. (laughs) Is that, is that vanity too? Like if we're willing to say any kind of attempt at youth or looking youthful is vain, does that mean that Christian women throw out their makeup? I kind of don't think so. Are we back to wearing robes again? Well, that was our solution to the pastors last week. And now we're all just going to be in robes too. I I will note the mm, tonal tension of having just talked about moolah regarding churches, church leaders and Christians. And now we're talking about things that definitely cost Mm -hmm. several hundred dollars. And you have to do it regularly. Yes. And I can see how as these procedures get more and more common and that Mm -hmm. aging becomes like even more of a sign of like poverty and staying youthful becomes even more of a privilege of the wealthy. I mean, it already is that way to some extent, but I could see it become even even more and more that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, chalk it up as a conundrum. But I also want to blame men. This is how I was going to pivot. I was going to pivot to the problem of men next. Yes. What What? What do you want to say about the men folk? I don't want to do this for men. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there is something about, like, our society's worship of youth that includes, like, the way that men want women. I don't want to cater to Mm -hmm. a men's idea of what beauty looks like, to what beauty is through the male gaze and feel like I have to continue to like bend over backwards to meet that and not to become invisible. Right, right. Who am I doing this for, essentially? Mm -hmm. Am I doing this to kind of stay viable (laughs) in like a dating marketplace or a romantic marketplace? Mm -hmm. And if so, that... Yeah, that feels like devaluing of yourself in some way. And I can genuinely yeah. say that the two times that I've had, I, I, I have not been consciously thinking like, I am doing this to get men whatever. <laughs> right. But subconsciously, I mean, I, I do think we're all susceptible to thinking that youthful is more attractive or is better yeah. or more beautiful and signs of aging decrease one's value, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, we've all heard women, older women talk about how like at a certain age, they just 
started to feel invisible to men Mm -hmm. and to, and even to other women, like in the workplace and stuff, like there is, men get to become silver foxes and women very rarely (laughs) seem to get that, you know? That is so true. There doesn't really seem to be a woman equivalent of that. I mean, I guess like you've got like the cougars or whatever, but even then is like portrayed as sort of like, like kind of a yucky thing. (laughs) Yes. Men's value only increases. Well, probably not elderly men. Yeah, I think they're, I mean, it doesn't go on forever. <laughs> like, even in the new heavens and earth, we're still going to be like, ah, oh, the silver fox. Um, but in, yeah, like a, a 60 year old man and a 60 year old woman are valued mm-hmm. very differently. Mm-hmm. The reason this is a women's topic of conversation, not to say that men don't get facial procedures as well, but why it's overwhelmingly women is that we feel the societal pressures of aging much more than our male counterparts do. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I don't, I don't even always think that it's bad for us to then be like, oh, well, don't do it because you're just bowing to the men's pressures. Like, I think that's actually like one argument for getting it. Like, this is mm. the world that we live in mm. and to live well in it or to continue to like feel valued in it. Like even if I, I don't know, I, I, again, I feel complicated about that, but I also think it's sort of like makeup. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's not so different than why I put makeup on every day when I, well, except on zooms, but it's not so different than why I put makeup on to go out in the world. And honestly, I really do want to look as good as I can for as long as I can. Mm-hmm. What do you think that's about from your childhood? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, therapist, um, I actually just I actually just think it's being a good steward of what God gave me, you know? I can't tell if you're joking or not. No, I'm not. I'm being serious. I gotta take care of this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you gotta just try to preserve the gifts God gave me. You gotta tend your field. Which, okay, speaking of tending fields. <laughs> yes. I do have a game for us, like a ranking game mm. that's based on perhaps the most famous woman who tended fields. <laughs> uh, of all time? Of all time. The Proverbs 31 woman. I'm curious about where this is going and how it connects to Botox. <laughs> well, I wondered, would the Proverbs 31 woman get Botox. Mm-hmm. She is often used, thrown in our faces, if you will, as women, to be the model we should all be striving after, the perfect woman, the ideal. Mm-hmm. So I figured we should probably really think through, not what would Jesus do, but what would <laughs> the Proverbs 31 woman do? So you're going to ask me about specific procedures, and we will t- attempt to determine if the Proverbs 31 woman would get it. Yes, we're going to list procedures and we're going to rank them on a scale of one, beauty is fleeting. So beauty is fleeting is like, no, charm is deceptive. She would not get that procedure. To 10, she can laugh at the days to come. Yes, she got that procedure. (laughs) I don't know that the Old Testament scholars would sign off on this, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's application of biblical principles to modern life. Exactly. We might as well be seminary professors is what I'm saying. Okay. All right. First one, lip filler. I got to go charm is deceptive because not because she wouldn't want her lips to look 
voluptuous. But what I've heard is that the fillers can move around. Mm. <laughs> and you got a, a tricky little lump above your lips and not an easy way to get it out. Oh, wow. <laughs> what about laser hair removal? Oh, like bikini? Like bikini hair and armpits? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say she would 100% do this. 10, she can laugh at the days to come. Why can she laugh at the days to come? Because she doesn't have to shave ever again is why. No brainer. All right. What about butt implants? <laughs> I can't even think about this without like envisioning this woman in like an Old Testament style flannel graph, but she has butt implants. Um, I'm going to say beauty is fleeting. Obviously, they were super popular for a few years, and now people are getting them taken out mm -hmm. and also getting their cheek fat sucked out. So we went from the Kardashian curve ideal back to super, super skinny real fast. And also, it draws attention to your butt. Mm. And mm. I feel like the Proverbs 31 woman might not want to do that if she wants to be taken right. seriously in the workplace. Right. And and her husband, you know, has to be praised at the city gates because of her. So, okay. What about laser facials? Ooh. Hmm. Good skin is priceless. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to put it at like a nine. Mm. Like it's worth far more than rubies. <laughs> and she's in the sun all day. Yes. So she needs those sunspots removed. She needs it much more than women who are zooming all day. <laughs> okay. Last one. Would our Proverbs 31 woman get a thread lift? What's a thread lift? Ah, I'm glad you asked. It is a non-surgical procedure and it apparently lifts sagging skin mm -hmm. like the jowls mm -hmm. <laughs> to give your face and your neck a more youthful appearance so they put like medical grade thread under your skin to pull it into position oh my gosh and then i think eventually it dissolves so you'd have to get it done again after like a couple of years oh man so this mm -hmm. is non-surgical but it definitely means needles a needle and thread <laughs> um okay i'm going to go with a five she considers a field and buys it, considering being the operative word. So maybe. She would need more information. Our guest today could probably help her out with that. Jamie B. Golden is something of a self-taught expert in all things skin and skincare. I don't want to give into some sort of cultural standard of I have to look this way or not look this way. But I do just want to be able to look at myself and go, I'm aging great. I feel good about it. And I'm doing the best thing I can to take care of my skin in the way, same way as I'm trying to take care of my heart take care of my bones, take care of my brain, you know? Our conversation with Jamie is coming up just after the break. Religion News Service is an independent, award-winning source of global reporting on religion, spirituality, culture, and ethics. Tis the season of holy holidays, from Easter to Passover to Ramadan, and RNS is here for them all. And if you like what we're doing at Saved by the City, let us know. Throw us a rating or review. It goes a long way toward helping get the word out about the show. Here's a new review. Ooh. Robin says, five stars, the only Christian podcast I can stomach right now. Oh. <laughs> I think that's good. Good for us. Uh, sad for the state of Christian podcasts. Mm -hmm. You can also get in touch with us via email at sbtcpodcast at religionnews.com. We'd love to hear from you. When you hear the word land, what images come to mind? Your local garden, the environment, Mother Earth, 40 acres and a mule. 
What if I told you that our thoughts about land are rooted in religion? And those religious ideas have transformed American politics. This is Complexified, a podcast for the religiously curious and politically frustrated. In this season of Complexified, we will unearth the different and often unexamined beliefs about land in search of new paths toward a common good. I'm your host, Amanda Henderson, coming to you from the Institute for Religion, Politics, and Culture at Iliff School of Theology and in partnership with Religion News Service. Follow Complexified on your favorite podcast app. Today's guest is Jamie B. Golden. Jamie is a podcaster and skincare enthusiast. Check out her podcasts, The Bible Binge and The Popcast. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Jamie, we're really excited to have you here to talk about all things beauty. I love to talk about this topic. Yeah. So I'm very excited. The main thing we wanted to talk to you about is beauty in general and more specifically facial procedures. Yes. And I'm just using that to mean Botox, lasers, and fillers. Yes. The Trinity, if you will. Is that the Trinity? It really is. Okay. Yeah. We're yeah. Got, well, we'll want to hear more about that. Okay. And I mean, this is something that Roxy and I talk about in person as friends somewhat, right? Like we've talked about it mm-hmm. many times, but it feels a little hush hush or like taboo to talk about it <laughs> in front of our listeners. And why do you think that is? Like, why is there this nervousness about this topic? Like more serious facial procedures, I was talking to some friends and I was like, why do you think I asked them this question? And they're like, well, because it's one of the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it is not. It is actually not. Envy is what gets tapped into it for vanity. And I do think envy plays a big part in sometimes why we approach our bodies and our faces the way that we do. But Mm -hmm. I also think there is just a higher standard of behavior for women. I think they're like, make your own baby food, wash your own diapers, uh, make your own Clorox. Make your own Clorox. Right. (laughs) become a chemist (laughs) that's exactly right uh because on on reddit you can they'll teach you how and plus be a natural beauty and i always go do you mean natural without makeup and hair on my legs or do you mean just organically hot from the womb like tell me what a natural beauty is because when you point to j-lo i go them Mm -hmm. girls had some injections so (laughs) where uh, all the places right (laughs) and i don't begrudge that i've had injections in some of those places too and also we just don't talk about it enough Mm -hmm. and you have women who will have work done Mm -hmm. who then get on stages star in movies star in tv shows and they just they too will not admit it. Right. And I've always loved Sharon Osbourne. I know that's a random reference. And she maybe has one of the best injectors on mm. the planet. Her work has always looked really good. And I, I think about that. I think if Taylor Swift would just come out and say, yeah, I had a slight right. nose job and I had my eyelids lifted because they were really heavy and I wanted to feel like my eyes were bigger. Okay, just say that. And I think we'd all be able to go, oh, I, I can do that too. Taylor did right. it. I can do it. There's lots of layers, but I just Mm -hmm. think it's because we don't talk about it enough. So I'm glad that we're talking about it. Like everybody wants to look a certain way. Yes. Meet the standard of beauty that's given to us. Right. But nobody wants to talk about how they got there. (laughs) They want everybody to think they were just born this way. Yeah. We just want to say, oh, it's an olive oil complex that I'm (laughs) using and my moisturizer. Yeah. Yes. The hesitation to talk about it is really at root a hesitation to talk about what we spend our money on. Because of how it might make others feel. 
And I, I think I can recite this from VBS. Like what you spend your money on is what you value, mm-hmm. right? And so suddenly it becomes like, oh, do you not value the poor? But it's funny, like we don't talk about that when we talk about where people live or the neighborhoods they live in or mm. the kind of car they drive or how much debt they make. We're not having those really nuanced conversations. We're just making a quick snap judgment of, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's nice that you have the money for that. So so you have been open enough about having Botox and other yes. procedures done, the Holy Trinity that you've mentioned. <laughs> so what made you decide to take that leap? I'm a proud Gen Xer, and I grew up with no sunscreen. Like, mm-hmm. you wore sunscreen if you were, like, at the pool for seven hours mm-hmm. or at the beach. But you just you definitely did not wear sunscreen every day. And so I looked up at 41. I'm, I mean this. Like, I looked in the mirror and went, why do I look like I've been just like road hard and put up wet? Like, why does my face look like that? And I mean, <laughs> Wait, that in say the... that again. What, what happened to you? Road hard and put up wet. What does that mean? This is I, a horse it, reference. It means whatever you want. <laughs> like your saddle. You rode hard and you put the saddle up wet. Anyway, but I looked in the mirror and I was like, why do I look tired? Why do I look a smidge angry? at rest all the time, right? RBF. And I was like, why Mm -hmm. do I look like that? Because one, I sleep eight hours a night and I generally am quite content. I don't know why my face is not reflecting Mm. my insides. And so I started doing Mm. a tremendous amount of research, not in the way of like, you know, I've done my own research and this is the decision, (laughs) not like that. But what I did was I started following cosmetic chemists and dermatologists and estheticians, all board licensed. And I started listening to them them talk about not just like, here's a great moisturizer, but like, here's an ingredient that would be great to have in your moisturizer. And then I just learned the basics of like, you have collagen, it is this supported protein in your skin, and it starts to deplete at age 30. And 30? It, 30. I know. It's unfortunate. Mm. And it's about a percent every year, most scientists agree. Mm. And fortunately, that just means you're going to start sagging. You're going to have less elasticity. And so when I learned that, it was like, okay, what can I do to help either prevent the, the science of my body happening or slow it down? And then what can I do, if anything, to reverse some of the things mm-hmm. at age 41 that, were ar- that had already happened? And I did that research for three years and slowly mm-hmm. just started incorporating things. So it took three years before I built up the courage to get Botox. And for me, why I did it was because I had these etched canyons on my forehead. And I can look back at photos at, at 42 mm-hmm. and 43 and go – man, like, look how tired I Mm. look. And so the great thing about finding an injector in Dr. Hartman, he said to me, he's like, I don't want you to look like someone else. I just want you to look like you 10 years ago Mm -hmm. when pollution and stress and environmental factors had not taken their toll on my face. So he was very conservative. He has stayed conservative in his injections. Anytime we've had anything done, my face still moves. My eyebrows Mm -hmm. still go up and down and I still can furrow my brow. But, and he taught me the lesson too, which is some things are about your skin, but some things are about your muscles and Mm -hmm. your topical skincare will not do anything about your muscles and your movements. And so if you want to tweak that, that's why I call them tweakments. It's just a (laughs) tweakment. It's just a tweak. I like it. All right. So tell us about the Holy Trinity. What is each one and why would someone get them? But these are non-surgical. So obviously the first one is Botox. Now Botox is just a, it's like Kleenex. It's just a brand. Mm -hmm. Disport 
is also the same thing, Xeomin. There are other name brands, but Botox is a neurotoxin injection. It temporarily paralyzes facial muscles so that those wrinkles will not repeat. And it only works on wrinkles that when you don't make a face, those wrinkles still exist. So like Mm. a lot of times we have wrinkles that show up when we smile, but only then. They don't like they don't linger. But once you get a certain age, it's like those wrinkles stay there. And so this will uh, block signals. All it does is block signals from the nerve to the muscle. When you say move, it goes, no, no, don't move. And it just doesn't move. It can't contract. That muscle can't contract. And so those wrinkles naturally soften. And it, y'all, it shocked me. I mean that. I got it done when I was 44. Mm -hmm. And you have to wait about seven to nine days for it to really kick in. And within two weeks, the wrinkles that had been etched into my forehead, where I had to like always pat foundation out of it because it would pull, Mm. they were gone. And I went, oh, there's nothing I could have done topically to ever Mm -hmm. address that. So that was worth it for me immediately. So that's Botox. That's Botox. So lasers. lasers. So lasers are, there's lots of different types. So there are IPL, there are photo lasers, there are light lasers that will resurface your skin. And some of them require an enormous amount of downtime. Probably the most famous one is Fraxel. Fraxel is a complete resurfacing of your skin. And so it diminishes sun damage, any sunspots you might have, any discoloration from maybe leftover acne scarring, um, and any fine lines. So it's a perfect thing. It's pricey. It's pricey. And y'all, it hurts like a mofo. Like it is very painful. I'm out. I will never do it again. Like, I mean that. I will never do it again. Like, now there are baby Fraxel. It's called a clear and brilliant. That's the trade name. It's less painful, very little downtime. And it gets some of the same results. And then they're just easy laser facials that you can get. Like my dermatologist, what's great about them is they offer a monthly subscription. So I pay a set amount every month. And then I just pick from a menu. Do I want a laser facial? Do I want a hydrofacial? Do I want microdermabrasion? And I can just pick kind of what my skin's mood is for the month. I had large sunspots because I had a lot of sun damage and I had freckles and my skin was just always red, not rosacea. I didn't have clinical rosacea, but I just Mm -hmm. had very reactive skin. If I touched it, it would turn red. And I was like, I just don't understand. And so we did this kind of series of BBL in this case, not a Brazilian butt lift, but a broadband light facial. We will have you back on to talk about that. When I get that done, I'll come back. (laughs) But the BBL facial, what was great is that when you have it done, it feels like little tiny not aggressive rubber bands, just snapping a little Mm -hmm. bit. It lasts 20 minutes and then you're done. And you actually, there's no downtime. You can put on makeup the next day. You're good to go. BBL. BBL. Mm -hmm. Broadband light. Love that. So that's laser. So lasers, Mm -hmm. there are lots of different price points. You can spend as little as $200 on a laser facial that you would only need once and it would do a really great job. And then you can spend well over a thousand. Mm -hmm. Like you can spend thousands of dollars, depending on what city you're in and depending on what provider is doing it. So it can get really expensive. And then fillers. Fillers. So the only filler that I have had done is I had filler in my under eyes, like in my troughs below my eyes. Oh, that seems so scary. Listen, it was just was like, hey, I have these dark circles that are pretty genetic. Is there anything? And he's like, no. But we can move your skin further away from the hole, the trough. Then the way to do that is filler. And so it's the same filler. It's a hyaluronic acid filler that is put in your lips if you have, you know, cheek filler. And Mm. the good thing about filler is if your filler goes awry, 
And it can. I heard this recently. Yeah. So your filler can migrate. So sometimes you'll see people who have filler in their lips and they'll have like a bump on the right upper lip. That's their filler. It has gone on a little adventure day trip <laughs> and not returned to its Cupid's bow. And so filler, you can dissolve it. Mm. They can go in and it'll be gone same day. Now the dissolving... Now, I haven't had to have filler dissolved, but my friends who have have said it's one of the most painful things because Mm, there's just nothing you can do. But my filler under my eyes, I got it right before the pandemic. I was supposed to have a follow-up visit, and I could not because we shut down the world. And it lasted about 18 months. And I was actually pretty depressed about it because I was like, well, I'm home alone. No one can see me. (laughs) Right, right. Of all the times. Of all the times. And so I have scheduled to get it done again. Okay. You liked it. And it was very subtle. And I don't think the average person would have noticed, but the photos that we took, I was like, oh yeah, that crow's feet is gone. So it didn't just affect forward facing. It affected like the side and I have natural filler, which is uh, Cheez-Its. And (laughs) so I don't need cheek filler. I'm very happy with the natural size of my lips, but people can get filler even in like just a little bit of filler on your temples because we use, lose a lot of volume as we age, especially when you don't have Cheez-It filler you can start to have a gauntness to your face. And what a lot of people will do is put a little filler in their temples. Or to be honest, they'll put a lot of filler, like a lot of filler in. And that's when you start to get, we're going to end up looking very different in a way that is in some ways frustrating. Like a year ago, I got Botox for the first time, was extremely pleased with the results. I thought it was minimally painful and like great, you know, very quick, whatever. I also got dermal fillers okay, because I was self-conscious about this. And they said, oh, we can can lift by putting in a little, like, shelf. Yes. And (laughs) I was not prepared for the needle going into my cheek. And I felt really queasy. And we had to stop multiple times. I think I was happy with the results, but I don't know that I could do it again because of the pain and the needles. With Botox, you don't feel anything moving around. But with filler, you 100% are like, oh, something is happening. This is Alien the movie. I am now Sigourney Weaver. And I feel (laughs) this moving around my face. So it can be a little nauseating. So if there had been no pain and you could have been not uh, knocked out. I'm not saying that. But if you had not experienced pain and had that physical reaction, do you think you would have gone, oh, yeah, I liked it enough that I would do it again? Even without the pain, I think it was just the needle going directly into my face and then like blood, like a trickle of blood. Oh, yeah. I did think it looks really good. But I also don't know, like, whether it was the Botox or the filler that like made the biggest difference. I don't know. Because I thought you looked great. But well, thank you. The good thing about the filler is that it lasts it, you know, it's supposed to last for it lasts a year so to long. Two, yeah. two years. It lasts so. so long. Yeah. One of the critiques that I hear and even and like think to myself is like, when does it stop and where do yeah. you stop? And do you just sort of get to this point where like part of what you're doing is constantly feeding insecurities in yourself by thinking, oh, that doesn't look good enough. I'm going to go fix it. And you're like in pursuit of this elusive perfection or something. That's right. How do you think about that? Like, how do you think about, I want to look like a certain version of myself. I want to look the best I can or whatever without going too far or, or obsessing over it or, or it becoming like something where you're constantly feeding that insecurity. That's a great question. Cause I do think it's a real risk because what it's like, give a 
mouse or cookie. Yeah. And then you, your mouse has a, a larger butt and you're like, where did that butt come from? You know? <laughs> As the classic children's book ends, That's right. That's the mouse right. has a huge butt by the end. And I'm not sure right now if we're talking about the butt as a result of cookie or... <laughs> Brazilian butt implant. That's at this be- point, I don't know. See, Roxy, but- that's the beauty. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> so what I think is a couple of things for me, and I can tell you what my experience is. I like the philosopher Socrates. You do you. Mm, ancient wisdom. If you want to look like Khloe Kardashian, Godspeed to you. If that's a dream of yours, like, and you have the money and the time, like, do it. But for me, I think about like, okay, I need to go to the grocery store without makeup. And like, I need Mm -hmm. to go and be a person in the world and I need to not worry about this. If I'm running late, I don't need to be like, but what about my cut crease? You know, I need to go, well, you need sunscreen and moisturizer and then let's go. Mm -hmm. I also think you have to be really grateful about the things about yourself that you really love, like your qualities. Like me, I didn't love my forehead creases, but I think I have beautiful eyes Mm. and I have a hooded eyelid, but I actually love my hooded eye and I like my eyes. And that's why I stopped using an eyelash serum because it discolored my eyelids. And I was like, my eyelids were so pretty and now I've ruined them. And so I stopped using it and thankfully they went back to how they needed to be. But that means I have really stubby lashes and that's okay because I go, but I really love my eyes and I'm really grateful for that. And I own that. Mm. And I think you have to know your risk points. If looking at pictures of beauty influencers or skincare influencers, if it just makes you feel a little less than, even Mm -hmm. for a nanosecond, Mm -hmm. you have to unfollow those people. Mm -hmm. You cannot bring that kind of energy into what you're taking in every day. And so I'm really careful about who I follow, who I consume. I'm also very aware. I haven't cut open any part of me yet. It's not to say that I won't. Who knows what will happen. But for now, I've kind of set some boundaries of like, you're going to do these facials. You're going to get your Botox. You like that one filler, but you're not going to put filler in other places. Mm -hmm. I've set some boundaries for myself. And it's not to say I often cross my own boundaries in many places in my life, but I've said them out loud and I've said them to friends and be like, if you see me like going under the knife for a three week downtime, will you just say, Mm. Hey girl, you're so pretty. (laughs) You're good. good." And so I think it's just finding balance. And I think that's true with everything in life. And you know yourself, you know, like, Oh, I will sit and look at magazines for days or look at images on Instagram or on TikTok and see this person with a filter on with a filter that's almost undetectable. I just say that to myself all the time. Oh, that's filter. That's filter. (laughs) And it might not be true, but it makes me feel better about how I'm looking on a haggard 3 a.m. on Friday night. Like I'm like, you're fine. You're fine. They have a filter. If you had a filter, you'd look amazing too. For me as well, what is a helpful distinction between how this could be healthy and how it could be unhealthy is, am I doing this to enhance my natural features that I really like and Mm -hmm. want to preserve for longer. (laughs) Like rather than I like how that model looks, Mm -hmm. I have none of her features, but I want to look like that person over there. And so what can I do to look like somebody different? Mm. Yes. I think that's a lot of wisdom because it's funny. One boundary I have, and this is more about makeup, but I don't get microblading and it's not because I think microblading is bad. What is microblading? They tattoo your eyebrows and they tattoo the pigment. You don't actually have to ever mess with your eyebrows. The problem is I am very tender about needles, like especially needles like that for like a long time. And then also if it goes bad, 
It's the frame of your face. Like I can make bangs to cover my weird Botox experience, but like (laughs) my eyebrow, I kind of need my eyebrow. And I also don't want my eyebrows to look the same every day. I might want like Mm. a fluffy brow or I want a sleek brow. And I don't want to marry myself to something, to anything too permanent Mm. either, because I just don't know how in the moment I feel now, how I might feel later. But I think you're absolutely right, Caitlin, that my forehead had creases it now doesn't have creases, just like it didn't have creases when I was 33. So I've just brought back my forehead to the 33-year-old forehead. And that that feels right. That feels good for me. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about men for a second? Always, please. So I have found in my life that it's often the men that are the most judgmental about women getting procedures and Botox. Oh, let me clarify. The straight men. In my life. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. I can confirm. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like women judge each other as much, or at least not verbally, as much as like I feel like men are always like, oh, age naturally. Age with what God's given you. Like, yeah. that just feels vain or like you're caught up. You know, that's what I feel like I get from straight men. I was at a dinner with some friends and an acquaintance was there. And he said that because one of the people at the table had just gotten her Botox. And we were talking about it. And he said that, almost that exact thing, Roxy. He was like, why well, you know, you just like God did a great thing. Like, And I leaned, like, I was like, pass the bread. Explain to me what a period is in detail right now. <laughs> explain to me what a period is. If you can explain to me in detail what a menstrual cycle is, I will allow you to think that way. And listen, <laughs> there's no way he would put a tampon in like a hot dog. I know it. I know. It. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God. And yeah. they're suggesting something that they themselves do not participate in. Mm-hmm. They themselves are taking Rogaine. They mm-hmm. themselves are coloring their hair. They're using retinol. They're using skincare products. Don't tell me what I can or cannot do when you yourself are like, well, I don't know why I went bald. I don't know what to tell you. You know, like you could have prevented that. You didn't because you didn't do the research. And so that's where you are. But it's suddenly they think like, well, uh, I'm happy with who I am. Are you? Also, like in the South, I always say if a man says something like that, I'm like, so what kind of truck do you drive? And how many things do you load to other places on a daily basis? Uh Don't tell me about giving in to influence and pressure. But I just think some people think they're above it. But if Mm -hmm. you really analyzed it, you'd be like, oh, no, you're influenced just like the rest of us. Or you spend a lot of money on things that I don't value or I would never spend money on, but don't act like... You don't have material interests or pleasures. I'm sure that you need 72 pairs of sneakers. I'm sure that for the work you do in that office (laughs) as an accountant really requires that kind of cash. So it's just we've picked different things. Mm -hmm. Right. I've had to really self-examine and go, I don't want to give into, like you said, I don't want to give into some sort of cultural standard of I have to look this way or not look this way. But I do just want to be able to look at myself and go, I feel good about it. I'm aging great. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, I feel good about it. Not because I look young, just because I feel at ease about all the things that are happening. And I'm doing the best thing I can to take care of my skin in the way, same way as I'm trying to take care of my heart, take care of my bones, take care of my brain, you know? So we've talked about these broader mainstream cultural pressures that women face to look always beautiful and always young, blah, blah, blah. And then there are these other, like, possibly conflicting and also layered narratives and expectations in faith communities, which is that... You should delight in your beauty. You should embrace your beauty. And also, though, it should be natural. Don't go too far because that's in the realm of vanity and worldly 
values. And so ultimately, you should find contentment in your internal beauty because that's what counts. But right. you should also still look great. But the <laughs> pastor or youth pastor is also going to reference his hot wife. Like, right. from beauty the pulpit. Is, beauty is internal, except for my wife, who is smoking. Is smoking. But she doesn't even try. She, she doesn't, doesn't even try. try. She woke up like this. She doesn't even have a period. Who knows what that is? Uh, I find myself in a unique position because I was raised in the Southern Baptist Church, have been involved, I've been on staff at a church, and as a youth minister who did not have a hot wife, unfortunately. And so I have worked in these spaces and worshipped in those spaces and still actively and involved in a church. And I am 47 and single by choice, 100% childless by choice. And that is a very complicated thing for a lot of people to try to like put their, like really try to wrap Mm -hmm. their brains around. And they were like, so you're happy. How? And it's like, because (laughs) I talk to my married friends and I listen to what they tell me. Do you know what I mean? But I'm happy dating and I'm in a dating relationship and we're happy and there's just nothing more to that. I think that one of the things that the church and as a byproduct of patriarchy in the church, which is, I do not think you can separate those two for the most part. The patriarchy will say, we must keep women discontent. Mm. We must make them wonder what is true and what is not true. We must make them question everything so that they can be preoccupied while we make the decisions, right? Mm. And so if we can keep them confused and competitive, because I always say, I am never impressed when a man except like Rexy said, unless a gay man says it. And then I'm like, oh my God, do you think I'm pretty? Um, like when a woman says I have nice it's skin, true. I go, oh my God, are we best friends now? <laughs> like, I think we might be. But if a man was like, your skin's really nice, I'd be like, what do you know? What do you know about skin? <laughs> Not because I'm a man hater. I just would be like, no one, no one knows the work and the effort. And so I just think there should be a freedom for women in faith communities to be like, this matters to me, this doesn't, instead of the faith community telling me what matters Mm -hmm. and what doesn't. And I think a woman has the intellect and has the confidence and has the God-given design and gifts and abilities to make those decisions for herself without thinking, if I make a decision that's different than what many other women make, that I am less than or Mm -hmm. I am missing out on some sort of experience in that way. I think the narrative that I will often hear in a church or feel like I'm getting is this sort of like, with all the problems in the world and with all of like the suffering, this is what you're choosing to focus on, or this is like where you're choosing to spend your money. And doesn't this just feed the system? For me, that's kind of the check that I sometimes get when I think about like, how does my faith inform my feeling about facial procedures. (laughs) Right, right. And I think it's a reminder that the church has been asking women for centuries to multitask in every way Mm. without any autonomy to do so. So now Mm. I have autonomy and I can multitask. I can care about gun control and I can care about violence against the trans community. And then I can also love a new eyeliner. Like I can hold both of those in the same way that I can hold mourning and joy. I can Mm -hmm. hold eyeliners and civil injustice. I love that. We have autonomy to multitask. That's great. Yeah, that's good. Okay. This is like a wealth of (laughs) knowledge, (laughs) but we really appreciate you giving us so much of your time, Jamie. Well, it's so fun to talk about something I'm weirdly obsessed with, like weirdly. Mm -hmm. So if anybody wants to 
come find me on the internet. We can talk about Pedro Pascal or we can talk about uh, niacinamide. Either way, I would love to talk about it. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. Okay. Whew. That was a lot of information, like a fire hose of facial information. I was taking notes. Yes. I saw you taking notes. I need to get those later. Yes. I learned a lot. And also, I think I'm going to get Botox again. I think I will too. When my tax return comes in. <laughs> You've said that about other things. <laughs> I know. It's a big one. It's going to be a big one. <laughs> Well, we loved hearing Jamie's skincare routine. It was very detailed and we couldn't include all of it in the episode today, but we have definitely left a link in our show notes to her 10-step skincare routine. It's full of a lot of information for all of you skincare enthusiasts and novices. Safe by the City is a religion news service production. The producer is Jay Woodward and the consulting editor is Paul O'Donnell. We get production assistance from Elizabeth Joy Wyndham. Chaz Rousseau put together our look and Martin Fowler wrote our theme music. We are Roxy Stone and Caitlin Beatty. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.